Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. Jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. And it is St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day, Brad. Happy St. Patrick's Day, Monica. Do you celebrate usually? I do. I'm going to make corned beef and cabbage and a little champ, which is a chunky kind of mashed potatoes. And it's everybody's favorite meal. And it's a very easy thing to cook. And we are all, except for my poor husband, I hope we don't have to bug out, but we are all Irish citizens. Despite my appearance, and when I announced it on Twitter, boy, did I get some uh, intercontinental hate. <laughs> really? You're not Irish. F you. Go back to where you came from. I'm like, that is where I came from. Like, payback is a bitch. We, when you guys had problems, our guys, you know, my ancestors came over from Mayo. What are you going to do? I can't believe you got hate just for... I got hate and I did it. The reason I got everybody who I could in my family, the citizenship and passports and stuff is that I was worried about Obamacare. So when Obamacare came down, Pope Benedict was the Pope and he, his 15 year old cousin who had Down syndrome was killed by the Nazis. And my son has Down syndrome. And I was just worried. I was just worried. Like, you never know. And because they didn't have abortion in Ireland, they had lots of kids with Down syndrome. So they weren't going Iceland anytime soon. And I thought if I have to bug out with this kid somewhere, that would be a good place to go. So and now we all have whatever. I had to jump through some hoops. But I tweeted and actually I'll put it in the show notes so you can include the link. A an article I wrote about five or six years ago about or maybe even somebody else wrote it and I linked to it. It was Murray Rothbard uses Ireland as an example of how kind of um, anarcho capitalism or I guess a primitive version of it can work. So Ireland had kind of tribes and they had castles and whatever, but they weren't unified and England kept trying to take Ireland over, but there was no seat of power. So they would have to kind of unseat every lord one at a time. And that would have required a much bigger invasion than they were able to do. So it was hard for England to subdue Ireland because they did not have a central seat of government. And I always thought that was the failing of the American experiment by having a, a really powerful central government as per the Constitution rather than the Articles of Confederation, it was very easy to usurp that power. Anyway, it's worth reading, I think, at Monica Perez Show on Twitter. But I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. And then, so that's my cheerful, happy thing. What I did not like was the news coming out of Georgia, which, I mean, the shootings were not a big thing with Trump. I knew they were coming back with Biden and boy, have they come back with a vengeance. Tell us about what happened in Atlanta overnight. All right. Eight people were killed in the metro Atlanta area during a spa shooting spree. And here's an overview of what happened. A 21 year old man from Woodstock named 
Robert Aaron Long is suspected of killing eight people and injuring more at three Metro Atlanta massage parlors. This is last night. The rampage started around 5 p.m. at a place called the Young Asian Massage Parlor in Woodstock, Georgia, where he killed two people in the parlor and then two more died later at the hospital. And then the shooter traveled 30 miles to two other massage parlors located near the intersection of Piedmont Road and Cheshire Bridge Road in Atlanta, where he killed three more at one of the massage parlors, the Golden Spa, and then one more across the street at the Aroma Therapy Spa. That, that's what tipped me off about what the story might be about is when I saw Cheshire Bridge, because that there's a specific type of business that's on Cheshire Bridge, and we'll get to that in a moment. The shooter then fled, and hours later... 150 miles away, around 8.30 in Crisp County. He was caught after a police chase. They spun his car and they took him in. So according to authorities, six of the eight victims were of Asian descent. Here's what police said about the suspect. They said they're confident that he's responsible for all three because of surveillance camera footage. They say that there's images of him pulling up to the massage parlors and of the possible motives originally race was thrown out as a possible motive because they are trying to link it to what they're saying is an increase in hate crimes against Asian Americans. However, the suspect told police that it was not racially motivated. He was asked that specifically. And he said that he did it because he wanted to eliminate the temptation. He was a patron at these massage parlors and he's a christian and he wanted to get rid of that temptation i noticed immediately that a asian was in the name of the massage parlor that was quite unfortunate for those people that they mentioned mr long and his family are active members of the i was pronouncing it krabappel just because my kids watch so much Simpsons, but the Crab Apple Baptist Church in Alpharetta. So I noticed immediately the Christian thing. He didn't like the temptation. He didn't like the sex addiction thing. And that was definitely played into the Christian thing, which reminded me of the Christianity being wrapped up in the Q stuff. And yes. also he seems like an incel and involuntary celibate. But the, the Asian stuff where he says it's not racially motivated, for me, that felt like a little bit more subtle thing where he doesn't actually realize that race is an issue here, that this is another layer in the culture war and Asians, they, they have that, uh, handle the, the model minority. I don't know if that's offensive or what, but that is what they say about Asians. Like they come over, they emigrate, they, they prosper. So the, the traditional arguments against Asian immigration might not work, but the the sexual mores or mores and cultural attitudes towards sex and all that, because they come from a different religious tradition, then that it ultimately is cultural and racial, even if he doesn't recognize it as such. They just inherent. make him feel funny and he doesn't know why, you know. Yeah, inherent bias. It's the anti-racist right. thing where everybody has it. It just needs to be externalized. I think you're right. That's a great point there. And I've already seen articles pop up within the last hour about why should we believe the killer when he says it's not racist? So I think that you are right on that. We're probably going to see more of that. It was such – people were on such high alert that in New York, police, they amped up 
policing communities that had similar businesses, like all the way up in New York. And with the Christian angle of this, oh, by the way, they are putting into the story now that he did buy a gun yesterday. So I think the gun laws, as you suspected, are going to. Of course. I mean, as soon as I mean, obviously, I guess it goes without saying that the overarching thing here is it's a shooting. (laughs) You know, it's a shooting. They're briefing Biden. That was the first thing I heard. They're briefing Biden. Like, okay, what's Biden going to do? Give the guy mouth, you know, give some of those people mouth to mouth. No, he's going to spearhead anti-gun laws, obviously. Yeah. And 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 there are two other things that. The waiting period gets women killed. Like people who are afraid for their lives are the ones who get the guns in in a hurry. The people who are career criminals, the waiting period does not deter them. And it's literally bears out in the stats that homicides, domestic killings and stuff are higher in places that have the waiting period. And there's a little subtle detail that will matter Keisha Lance Bottoms mentioned that he was on his way to Florida. So that demonstrates that that it's not a local problem, that it crosses state lines so that your state is not permitted to have lax gun laws because other people will die. The going to Florida angle also is a subtle association to Trump supporters and opening up and everything that goes against the progressive agenda. agenda. And the whole and Florida has always been in the crosshairs with their gun laws, especially since the Trayvon Martin thing. Like they have and and Florida is a hotbed for false flags anyway. But I guess they're just trying. I don't know if they've changed the gun laws there yet, but they certainly spearheaded the mental health laws. And I mean, we could get into Florida. We could do a whole show on Florida, Broward County specifically. And I actually have something with the patron 15 coming out of Broward County. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. I want to tell you about the Christian angle of this, what he specifically said and what I think it could lead to on his Instagram profile. It said pizza, guns, drums, music, family and God. That's pretty much my life. Sums it up. Pizza. Yeah. His pastor at at his church said that he wants to declare to love for God and guns. And in a 2018 video made for the church, he testified about his faith. He said, by the grace of God, I was able to draw the connection there and realize this is a story between what happened with me and God. I ran away living completely for myself and God still wants me. So that's when I was saved. This is the type of language that we hear from somebody like Lynn Wood and the Gab founder of the QAnon stuff. And some of the articles started to try and make ties to him from QAnon. I think there's going to be a face of evil for QAnon, an instant event. We actually talked about this a few weeks ago. Is there going to be something that tacks on to the January 6th event, false flag, whatever you want to call it, that gives a more personified image of what evil QAnon could be? I'm wondering if this is going to be that event. Like the Dylan roof? Yes. Yes. Interesting. Well, guns and religion, isn't that what Obama said in San Francisco that time? These these uh, hillbillies who cling to their guns and their religion? Oh, did he? Yeah, that is the stereotype. That is yeah. the left stereotype of the problem. Yeah. Of the deplorable religion and guns, which is really offensive. It's it really is, yeah. offensive to, like ridicule Christianity. Just I mean, half just, the country and the major religion in America. And there's nothing, you know, I mean, the tenets are valid. Like a holes come in every color, as they say, like yeah, you just, it doesn't, 
it's not that kind of stereotyping. This is the problem that bothers me with the left. They used to have a leg to stand on when it came to being against war or being against censorship and all that stuff. And they they have no leg to stand now. It is simply just factionalism. It is simply just us versus them. It's simply Georgia Tech versus UGA. And guess who's... Guess who UGA is? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know who UGA is. The one Guess who's winning this game? <laughs> <laughs> so, I just one weird thing was that the sheriff's office shared on social media some surveillance video images from the scene. What's with that? Oh, I didn't like see they, those. They do stuff like that, but like they shouldn't. That doesn't make sense. I remember when Anthony McLean was shot in the back in August. Nobody's heard of this guy in Pasadena who the cops shot in the back running away from an ordinary traffic stop where he wasn't even the driver. And they waited a couple of days and they put together this kind of mandated six minute video of cop cam and all that kind of stuff. But they waited and digested it. What the hell? Anyway, instead of putting it out there right after it happened. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. Yeah, there's obviously a reason for it that isn't strictly a criminal investigation thing. A propaganda thing, perhaps. The mm. communication. I hear more and more openly talk on the news about the communication strategy, the messaging strategy. I mean, this is propaganda. This is not delivering news and telling people to be objective. It's trying to get them to believe what they want them to believe. So I ran yeah, into well, an Propaganda is... Is the I mean, you cannot we we've been talking about since the beginning, like our whole entire show is about how the mainstream media is just full of propaganda. But it's gotten to the point where it's only propaganda. They used to have to disperse the propaganda. They used to have to make a propaganda sandwich between two truths, you know, a truth sandwich, as they would call it, as Brian Stelter calls it. Well, if there if there is any truth, then that's when they sandwich it between two lies, two lies so that exactly. the truth doesn't get yeah. out. But generally speaking, so everywhere we turn, like every Rockfin video you we make is about is is them saying in their own words how to propagandize. Yeah, it really is. And as soon as you drop it on me and we drop it on y'all, it's it it just you just see it disseminating, just flooding. Everywhere. Yeah. I mean, we've got to find one about how they handle the shootings, like from back in the day, from like Obama time. That's a good idea. It's, although they didn't zoom every damn thing back then, but still, yeah, there's, it's probably out there. So I ran into an infographic from the Center for Countering Digital Hate, and we did a rock fin covering some stuff about the Center for Countering Digital Hate. So interesting information there. Ahmad. Yeah, they uh, are propaganda organizations, what they are. And here's what it says. It says, if you see COVID-19 information, number one, don't engage. If you reply... Misinformation or any information? Misinformation. Yeah. Yeah. The first thing you do is you don't engage. If you reply, share, or quote misinformation, you've helped spread it. Whoa, are you kidding me? That's what it says. That's so crazy because last night we made a Rockfin video, marathon Rockfin video, which I have to say that stuff that you got yesterday. I mean, it just it was even better than the stuff previous. But what they said was an expert in how to how to get people to incorporate your message, what you want them to understand into their pre-existing narratives and stories. 
And what she said was, don't ever take the message you don't want and just put a knot before it. Never repeat the message. Change the message first and then make it compatible with the narrative in the story and then insert it that way. So he is actually isolating and emphasizing, don't say this is wrong and then repeat it. That's not going to work. Yeah, exactly. The idea is that you can't tell somebody to don't think about a purple elephant. They'll think about a purple elephant. You have to tell them something else to get them to not think about the purple elephant. And that Rockfin is about psychological warfare and narratives. If you want to check it out, it should be up by the it's end of the week. It's not up yet, is it? By the end of the week, it should be okay. up. Okay. Yeah. Number two, if you see COVID-19 misinformation, block them. As someone you don't know is sharing <laughs> misinformation, you block them, which to me says someone's telling you information that might open your eyes, so block them. Wow. I mean, what happened to the days when we were supposed to think and evaluate and think critically? I mean, they really, they are blatant about not wanting us to think. Yep. That's why they had Socrates drink the poison. Dang. Made people think. Number three, if you see COVID-19 information, message privately. If someone you know is sharing misinformation, message them privately and ask them not to. I've gotten messages like that, and I always think it's a threat. It does come it off really as a threat. It really feels super threaty. Number four, if you see COVID-19 misinformation, report. Report misinformation to platforms or group admins asking them to remove the content. So be a watchdog for it. Number five, if you see COVID-19 misinformation, instead spread official advice. Official advice. Drown, <laughs> drown out fake news by sharing oh official scientific advice, okay. as well as post promoting good causes in tough times. Okay. There is no line. I was going to say a fine line, but there is absolutely no line between, quote, official advice and what YouTube censors flag as state owned media. Oh, yeah. RT yeah. is state owned <laughs> right. media, yeah, right? Yeah. Which they don't put next to the BBC, which is literally state owned. Yeah. And the official advice. Oh, my word. That folds in with the I'm sure they're coordinated. The new Facebook push that we heard about. Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday and the day before. I mean, it's really been in the news. Well, there's some more related news. The There was a Carnegie Mellon report that was released on why people are vaccine hesitant and who these people are. And they give some recommendations as well as they point out who these who the demographics were and the demographics. They, they divide them up racially and the group. 38% of people who are vaccine hesitant by race are multiracial or others. 29% are American Indian or Alaskan Native. 28% are black. 23% are Hawaiian. 20% Hispanic and 20% white. And then 8% Asian. With the number one reason being people are concerned by the side effects. So the recommendation that is given by this Carnegie Endowment report to influence those who are vaccine hesitant. Here's the first one. I'm going to read what it says exactly. Recommendation number one, the vaccination campaigns should address the fear of side effects because that's the top reason that people aren't getting the vaccine. It then suggested informing people that mild side effects like fatigue and soreness are actually a good thing and can show that the vaccine is actually working. 
So we've heard this. Turns out this is an official talking point from the Carnegie Endowment that is being spread. So if you feel sick or if you die, it means the vaccine is working. Recommendation number two. They say... The report says that transmitting vaccine-related messaging through local healthcare workers is likely to convince people who are hesitant. People across demographics said the vaccine recommendations from local healthcare professionals meant more to them than from any other group, and that health organizations have been courting influencers to help spread the message about getting vaccines, but perhaps encouraging doctors and nurses to spread the word could be more effective. So again, we see the courting of influencers to try and attempt to reach people through those they trust locally. You got to tweet that with the hashtag straight out of event 201 because you know that's how I catalog. So I recommend that to anybody. Any article that you see that comes straight out of event 201, hashtag that. And then and you can even go right now and look at that hashtag in Twitter and see all the articles that I, I and some of you guys have put up there. But uh, the just so people realize the Carnegie Endowment was the one where they had plotted U.S. entry into World War One so that we would change our our narrative from individualistic to collectivist in this country, according to the Norman Dodd G. Edward Griffin interview, which I highly recommend. But uh, the the race thing, a couple of things about that. I actually, the only people, maybe it's just, I don't know why these are the people I know about, but Hank Aaron, I think there was a hint on Leon Spinks and Marvelous Marvin Hagler all died after getting the vaccine, right? And yes. I don't know too many other people by name, if anyone who rumor had it died from after the vaccine. So why are we just hearing it about it of black men? Like, it's just weird to me. It absolutely I mean, maybe just because it's true. And it could be this. It could be this that. So they say African-Americans specifically are more vulnerable to this virus and and similarly, then, if they're using the the vaccine, the supposed vaccines, really gene therapy based on that virus. And, I, and I'm beginning to to like morph my idea of what a virus is a virus. So because it's not alive, what it really has to do is get into your cell and make your cell produce more. And a retrovirus is one, I think, that goes and actually splices itself into your genes. So viruses themselves seem to be like this kind of gene transforming thing. And in this book I'm reading, Biowarfare by Jim Keith, which I don't really recommend, like he just doesn't, he doesn't get any, he doesn't get deep enough. He he wrote it like the year he died, 1999. And he, um, he overemphasized the biowarfare stuff and didn't understand the AIDS, HIV thing. But but he did have some specific examples in there. And one of them was Las Vegas, Nevada. They're, they government did an experiment where they kind of made a designer kind of, quote, virus, which was really a gene penetrating thing that was specifically designed to affect American Indians and American Indians only. So they got it into the water supply and they found that only American Indians got sick, some died, and then they somehow like cleaned up that area. They were able to remediate the area and then there was no further problem. But the idea that they can actually design stuff to target specific races, I, w- I didn't know that that was actually in evidence. And that 
I mean, there could be something more sinister going on. I'm not, I, I don't have any reason to believe that, but I am a little scratching my head on why the only Vax deaths I know by name happen to be in the same group that our, our, um, antagonists at countering digital hate don't want us to know. So either this is real information that's getting out or there's something even more complex about it. I think part of it is that at least in the case of Hank Aaron and maybe the boxer as well, the reason that it was so public that Hank Aaron got the vaccine is because they were doing it as a marketing effort to say, look, African-Americans, the vaccine is safe. Hank Aaron, a leader in the African-American community, is getting the vaccine publicly. So he was part of a messaging campaign. And then two weeks later, he died. And they turn around and say, no, 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 the virus, the vaccine is still effective. Hank Aaron was a that was that was not associated with the vaccine. So by publicizing it, it's more in our brains and then it's backfiring on them. Yeah, but they know better than to right. put a narrative so out there. Right, so it seems like it's on purpose. Yeah. It's just, this is the 10%. And I always talk about this. Like, 90% of the propaganda is just propaganda, straight-up propaganda. It's true or false, but it's serving the agenda. That's why it's there. 10% of it is stuff they have to report. And I actually, I think it was in one of those books, like an article that Bernays wrote that you sent me once that said, like, if you have to do it, report it, but report it like in the corner on the third page because yeah. people will notice if you don't report something important. So that 10%, they spin it, they bury it. And I think the most difficult part of our jobs my job anyway, is to figure out which is actually squarely in that 10% and which, is it a truth sandwich or a falsehood sandwich? Like, what <laughs> are we really dealing with? And that's right. that's where where I think that's, my truth star is pretty good, but I, I need to hone it right there. So that's a story let's, let's keep an eye out for, an eye on that story. So I want to change uh, topics for... The last story of the Free 30, you brought me, I think this is uh, interesting and kind of funny. I'll just tease it this way. Why Joe Biden's Old Man Act is like bear food at a zoo. <laughs> so I'll let you guys mull that over for a minute. The patron 15 I'm a little concerned that Columbia University is bringing back racial segregation. They argue that their behavior is meant to be the opposite, but we will tell you what it is and let you decide. And then apparently the great Anthony Fauci is being honored yet again by Georgia's own Georgia Tech. Let's see what's so great about Fauci today. Yeah. Oh, Fauci. And of course, as always, I would like to give a big thanks to the sponsor of today's show, Neighbors Feed and Seed. They have all the goods for your good living. I don't know if you've, how many people have really reached out, explored Neighbors. You can do it from afar. You can do it from near. But if you have, you may have spoken directly to Bill or James. I, I've literally, we have gotten shout outs from patrons 
two neighbors. Like, I don't think I've ever heard that where <laughs> the listeners shout out the sponsors of the show, but it's because they really are there for yeah. you. We talk to them. We get on conference calls and hang out with Bill. His son, Hank, likes to uh, Zoom bomb us. It's very fun. And they're they, a great but- resource too. Uh, that personal customer service and the, the way they are resourceful for their, their customers. And even though they sell the big stuff, and they're, they're, I mean, literally, you could have a cow and go to them for supplies. <laughs> they will talk to you about the tiny stuff, a packet. I mean, I, I don't know if it's it's their sweet spot, but they will talk to you about how to get your seeds to grow. They are really helpful and they do not discriminate against people who are just beginners or small time. They have uh, organic garden supplies bulk organic farm materials, grain-free and natural pet foods. Grain-free pet food is really a luxury and it's great that they have it. You can trust them. Wild bird supplies. That's fun. Backyard chicken and suburban livestock care. I just love that one. And they have agriculturally based carpentry and small engine repair. So like really when whatever you need where the rubber hits the road, you can actually go to them for that. But you can meet us there for your first visit if you want, because Neighbors is sponsoring our first meetup, certainly of 2021. It is going to be at their place. They're normally closed on Sundays, but they're opening it up for us. It's going to be Sunday, April 18th. I got my tickets today, straight into Atlanta the day before. So that should be a sure thing. 2 p.m. I'm going to ask people to, if you show up, bring a little something, a six pack, a bag of chips. I don't know, because I don't have to RSVP. We don't want to sell tickets or anything, but we don't know how to prepare. So bring a little something, chip in. And uh, and other than that, we're just going to we want to put names to faces and meet you and hopefully we'll be able to say hi to every single person. And if you do want to support us, support our sponsors, but you can also support us or even just be a part of our growing community. If you go to thepropreport.com, which is getting better every day, and we, we are really hoping to migrate away from big tech eventually, we have a continuous player of all our free content. So go to thepropreport.com and you can just press play and go about your day and it'll it'll play everything starting with the most recent show. And if you don't like Twitter, you don't use Twitter, put the headlines that you're interested in, put the stories that you think are things that we need to know about in the press pool. And we're getting it so that the comments are working more smoothly. That might be a little glitchy right now, but if you give us the headlines, we love them. We read them. They're very edifying for ourselves and our community. And you can also find details of meetups. So they're going to be meetups near you. Go ahead and look there. There's a tab meetup in the properport.com. We've got a couple coming. So that's uh, all the ways that you can help us for today. And now to the last story of the free 30. Biden had a meeting today in honor of St. Patrick's Day with the Irish PM, Martin. And it was interesting the way that the optics of this interaction we remember when Trump would meet with foreign leaders. I think it's in the East Room. And what we would see is we would see Trump sitting on the edge of his seat, leaning forward, making eye contact with the foreign leader and then gesturing to the public, to the journalist frequently. 
I know it's a bit different because it's virtual and so they're not meeting in person. They had the Irish PM come in via television. So what you saw was a giant television facing <laughs> Max the, Headman. Yeah, yeah, right. Facing the <laughs> the journalists and the cameras, but angled at Biden, who was sitting kind of at an angle next to the TV. So it looked like the Irish PM was looking at Biden and talking to Biden which is natural, which is what you try and emulate with the Zoom communications. You look at people, they look at you, even if they're not looking directly maybe at you, it looks like they are. Biden, while the Irish PM was talking, was not looking at the TV. So the TV's towards Biden. (laughs) Biden is facing the journalist and the camera and looking at the camera and the people. So it looked like someone who was, say you're watching TV. It looked like someone was watching you watch TV. So it looked like. But Biden he had to was, look in the camera so that the Irish guy made it. So it looked to the Irish guy like he was looking at him. I, that's what I thought could be an excuse. But also. They should arrange it better. Also, I could arrange yeah, it better. I've seen other people do meetings like this. You look I mean, it looked like Biden didn't even know that the TV was in the room. He was just looking very creepily. Oh, well, how was he hearing the guy? That's all he was. He was listening. And so he could hear him. I guess he had headphones in or earbuds. And the guy's looking at Biden and Biden's looking out at people. And he's just kind of like occasionally nodding creepily. And it looked like he was asleep. And then the, the thing ended. And when it ended, as soon as it ended, a bunch of reporters started shouting questions out to Biden because Biden hasn't done a press conference. And immediately, Jen Psaki, who looked like she was obviously a handler, jumped up and shut down the questions. And then the video feed went black. And they were they they were going to try and scramble him out of there. Gosh, so, it's like when uh, a soldier supports Ron Paul, it just goes. Yes. <laughs> Biden did kind of mumble under his breath. He started to respond to some of the shouts under his breath. That's when Saki jumped up and that's when the camera cut off. It just seemed too obvious. It seemed like they were blatantly saying, hey, look, here's a senile old man that we carried in, used as a prop. And now we're scrambling out of here without letting you talk to him at all. It just seems so blatant. Is that could that be construed as gaslighting? Like to or wait, wait, hold on. So let me get to my original analogy, which was that I think that they're putting this idea that Biden is like Alzheimer's or whatever. Sometimes it's like unavoidable and sometimes it's like not there at all, which is actually can be a feature of the onset of Alzheimer's. But he supposedly has had Alzheimer's for years now. Right. I don't think it works like that. I don't think so. In my experience, I had a couple of aunts like that. But uh, I think that they are doing it so that people can see it if they want to see it. And and. By making it kind of under the surface, make it look like it's hidden. That makes folks who observe it feel like they've discovered it, that it's not because it's not so blatant. And when you I I saw this on one of my kids shows once that if you're if you have a bear in a zoo, you don't you can't just put a bowl of food in there like it's a dog. You have to hide it under buckets and behind logs and stuff like they have to look for it. They will not eat food that's just like sitting there. They just feel like it's a trap or something. Can't be good. And I feel like that's how some of these little psyops work. They have to put them underneath the radar so that people will accept it as real. Otherwise, it's like the Matrix. Like if it's too perfect, they won't accept it. 
They discover it through the hunt, kind of like the clues with QAnon. So that's... Is that what's what are the cl- clues in QAnon? Part of QAnon's thing was it would engage people in this puzzle where they would at least this is what the media reports about it, where they would find these clues and try to put together the narrative of what Trump and Q w- was actually doing. So they had hmm. to discover it like the bear had to discover the food. Interesting. So I don't know if any of that is gaslighting is like feeding you this like and then this would be another layer of the psyop so you feed the stuff that you're clearly discovering and then gin sake which does sound like a very terrible drink gin sake yeah, yeah it does um <laughs> if and she comes out the next day and say and they used to say this when we we said hillary was sick i never said that because it looked fake to me but people were like hillary's sick she's a sick woman and and then Hillary would come out or some spokesperson would come out and say, what is wrong with you, lunatic? She's obviously not sick. It's the crazy fantasy of some right wing nut job. And that I think that could be it's very hard to put my finger on gaslighting in context outside of the actual Ingrid Bergman movie. But I think that might be gaslighting where you try to make somebody feel crazy about something they're definitely observing. Yeah. And so I let's we've got a lot for the patron 15. We might have to overdo the patron 15, but I want to get a couple of shout outs first out. Uh, I want to shout out our newest patrons. Thank you so much for your support. Bowman, Debbie, Kifa. Thank you so much. We hope that you enjoy. And uh, also I wanted to. So there for those who are patrons of the truth or higher there's a dpp on friday so we'll get to know each other there which is just binkley and me on the screen and then people chat in the sidebar but everybody has a great time it is it's better that way anyway because it's hard to everybody talks over each other when we do everybody on the screen so the dpps are for everyone to get their two cents in have a cocktail you don't have to wear makeup or but have good lighting unless you're me and Binkley. Uh, no makeup on Binkley, but good lighting is a must. And But we sometimes do Zoom parties. So we did a Zoom party recently on homeschooling. It's just for patrons, patron saints. We're kind of working on it. Maybe the next time we'll do homesteading, see if everyone's okay with recording it and then release it to other patrons. But Jill kind of stole the show last time. She is a masterful homeschooler boy is she professional she has four kids oh my gosh i mean i've got numerous emails of it can i have her email address like that was great did you record it and we did not we will so i i don't know if i already shouted her out but she sent us a shout out and if i did already we'll do it again because i remember talking about her she agreed to actually do a live stream with us that we can record and hopefully cover the same material but she did want to thank us for our tireless hours the effort we put in keeping everyone informed and building a fun community it really is discovering our show has been the silver lining of these corona times our invaluable research has forever shifted her paradigm and she loves all the mind-blowing moments. Wow. Well, that's high praise indeed from someone who the entire Propaganda Report community has come to respect. So we Had will mind-blowing moments from her when she was talking about absolutely, and and it's nice. She's gonna. I'm. You know, people don't like to just drop everything and do a live stream YouTube for us to share like that is a little nerve wracking I think but she's doing it and I'm holding her to it. Uh, so if you are, however, a homesteader. 
Get, drop me a line. Send me an email at the propaganda report podcast at gmail.com. I might want to pick your brain, see if there's an opportunity for the patrons to pick your brain. Just let me know. And uh, in the meanwhile, write on your calendar, neighbors, if you live in Atlanta, it's going to be, we're going to meet up there two o'clock Sunday, April 18th. And I'm also going to do uh, a New York meetup, but it's not going to be the same. I'm just going to go to a bar with my sister. And if anybody's <laughs> even remotely in the area, you can meet us. I think it's going to be that Friday, April 23rd. So go to thepropreport.com, go to the meetup section and leave your... Uh, just let me know if you're interested in either of those. You can go ahead and comment there. Now, on to the Patron 15. All right. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every week afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we were telling you about, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron or rockfin.com slash propaganda report and join there. We will talk to you all tomorrow or in the Patron 15. Have a fantastic rest of your day. 